Welcome to Stoked with Megan McPhail, the podcast that helps you get super effing jazzed about your work, life, and bank account. I'm your host, Megan McPhail, a former burnt-out emergency veterinarian that quit my hard-earned career to become a seven-figure business coach, entrepreneur, and elopement photographer. Now I'm living a life I absolutely love, full of travel, adventure, and financial abundance, and I am hell-bent on inspiring others to do the same. Are you ready to say goodbye to the 9-to-5 grind and start going after some big, bold dreams? Then let's dive into this week's episode. Hey, hey, it's your host, Megan McPhail, and today I have a special guest. Her name is Megan Lawler. She is an elopement photographer in Colorado. She's also a business coach and workshop host. She's a multi-passionate artist who not only loves photography, but also ceramics, DIY house projects, interior design, and anything fine art. She actually went to school for fine art and photography, and we're going to be talking about creativity today. Welcome, Megan. Hi, happy to be here. I'm so excited to have you here. So tell me your story, because you're originally from Indiana, right? Yeah. So I originally am from Indianapolis, and I spent basically my whole life there. And when I got married in 2019, my husband and I, when we started dating, we're always like, we're going to move to Colorado, and it's going to be the best. And it was kind of just a matter of time until that happened. So in 2020, we finally were able to make it out here. We now live in Colorado Springs, and it's just been the best. It's beautiful here. It's sunny. The weather is amazing, and we love it. I love that. Yay. And I feel like your business really took off when you went to Colorado, too. Yeah. So when I was back in Indy, I was shooting big weddings, and they were really fun. But I have always been passionate about the outdoors and exploring and I was just so excited when we had the opportunity to come here. My husband at the time didn't have a job, so he was job searching when we moved out here. And I was rebuilding my business out here. So I went from shooting big weddings in Indy to totally rebranding, shifting everything to elopement specific. And that's when my business really took off. And it has been amazing ever since. I have loved seeing your growth. Megan is one of my old one-on-one coaching clients when I used to do one-on-one coaching and seeing her blow up in Colorado has been so cool. You've also like traveled all over the place. You really take advantage of the whole like freedom that being an entrepreneur gives you, which is so cool. Like where did you go in 2023? I feel like you went everywhere. (laughs) I also feel like I went everywhere (laughs) at the beginning of this year. I went to Mexico with you, which was awesome. Yeah, that was so much fun. <laughs> it, it was literally the best. First time to Mexico. And also, I just feel like I needed a relaxing vacation at that point. Mm-hmm. So it was great. And then in the spring, my family and I went to the UK. So we did England and Scotland. And then my brother was studying abroad. So him and I just traveled around for a little bit after that trip. And we went to... Croatia, Bosnia, and Montenegro. And then in September, my husband and I went to Italy and Switzerland. And then throughout the year, obviously, lots of travel across the US. So it's definitely been an exciting year, for sure. That's so cool. I love all that. I mean, you've went to so many cool places. I think that's so awesome. I know a lot of the listeners of this podcast really want that kind of 
time and location freedom. So you're a good representative of that, that it's totally possible. And one of the things and the reason why I wanted you on this podcast is because I love your photography. Like it's truly art. It's just stunning and beautiful. And you really do tell stories. So let's get into like, how do you channel your creativity? Like, how do you continue being a creative person? That's so important for entrepreneurs and or anybody really to, to channel their creativity. So how do you do that? Yeah, I feel like that's such a good question. Because I think a lot of people, you know, might not necessarily think of themselves as a creative person. The way I grew up, I was like, I don't know. I just remember all of these times that I would like lay on my floor and like draw pictures and basically do nothing. And I I think those were the times that I really had a lot of ideas or a lot of inspiration or, you know, as a kid, you just see the world so differently and everything is new. Everything is exciting. Everything is like just so cool. And To be able to get back to a place where you can kind of view the world as like, okay, it is a cool and exciting place. Obviously, there's a lot of things happening in the world that are just crazy. But like being able to see the good things and like the small things that matter, I think is really, really special. So when it comes to like channeling creativity, I think there are a lot of ways that this could kind of go. But I would say staying inspired is one Like I said, when I was a kid, everything was new and exciting. And I kind of try to channel more of that energy. So like when I was in college, like we lived in this apartment. I lived with three other girls and it was crazy because that's a lot of girls in one apartment. But this house was like just really cool. It was a historic home. It had like beautiful architecture and like cool windows and there would always be like the prettiest light coming through the windows and I feel like those things like learning to appreciate like oh my gosh that's the prettiest light I've ever seen like coming through this window just in my apartment those are the things that get me excited like small things it doesn't have to be okay I'm traveling out of the country like yes that's so inspiring and so powerful but I also think having an appreciation for the small things that are happening in your life or in, you know, just the things that are happening around you. It makes a huge difference. Oh, yeah. Appreciation and like gratitude. I feel like that is always this topic that just keeps coming up in all of our podcast episodes. It's like getting back to the little things and the appreciation gratitude for those things is so important. So you mentioned when you were a kid and you were kind of like doing nothing, but then you're drawing like boredom is a big part of creativity, right? I hear that all the time. I tell that to people. What are your thoughts on boredom and creativity? Yes. Let me circle back a little bit because I do want to say one thing about the gratitude section too. Yeah. Something I always tell my students is like mindfulness creates so much room for that appreciation, that creativity. And just being able to be a mindful version of yourself, like creativity is so much more about looking inward than it is at anything else. And so if you're showing up to things mindfully, then like that's going to be a reflection of who you are and the things that you deeply care about, which I just think is so powerful and so cool. And it like, because those are the things that you care about, it sets you apart versus somebody else. Yeah. How would you describe that? Just like noticing? 
Yes. I would also say there are a lot of ways you can kind of be mindful. Obviously, some people do like meditation and that's kind of a mindfulness practice for them. And I think that's really powerful. I think this can really look a lot of different ways. So whatever it is for you that helps you show up. For me, I don't necessarily meditate, but I do think like the times I let myself just appreciate the things around me or the times that I have like deep conversations with friends or little walks outside where I'm just unplugged and away from the world, like that lets me be mindful. Mm, Yeah, I agree with the walking or like hiking. I swear I always come up with like these light bulb moments when I'm like hiking and walking and stuff. Cause I am just turned very much just turned into my own self and just like thinking about life and stuff. So yeah, super cool. I love that so much. Or like, I think there's like a Reddit that's like shower thoughts or something Mm -hmm. or, or people get notebooks that you can like write stuff in the shower. And I think that is so funny because it's the same idea, right? Like you're unplugged and you're present. And so when you're just like by yourself in the shower with your thoughts and you like have so many of them, that's kind of the boredom or like the mindfulness or whatever you want to call it that like gets you creative. It gets you inspired. That's so true. And it's not just that you're unplugged in a shower, you're focused on yourself, you know, like completely. So that's like another thing. You're not focused on a TV or a phone or your partner or the dogs or anything else or a work project or whatever. You're just literally focused on yourself in there. And I think that's really cool. And that's like what hiking and walking is too. You're just really focused on the task at hand. And that's when your brain gets to kind of like wander into these little places. (laughs) Yes. Where you can be creative. That's super cool. We should have times almost scheduled if you have to, where you like allow boredom back into your life. You know, like I think as far as creativity goes, can you comment on that? Yeah, a hundred percent. Like I've kind of been saying with the whole mindfulness or like shower thoughts or whatever, I think boredom and just giving your space, it's almost like giving your mind space to breathe, right? Mm -hmm. Like when you're scrolling on Instagram or TikTok, you're just inundated with all of these things and advertisements and there's always something new and it's like you get that little like dopamine hit each time you scroll down and stepping away from that into a place where like you know historically people haven't had access to all this technology and I am kind of curious like what that would be like to be so unplugged that you're just like you know with yourself and with the people around you all the time, because that was the only choice that you had. But coming into like, letting yourself have that space to breathe and have that space to like, be in tune with yourself and what you're feeling and like what thoughts you have about your life or, you know, your goals for the future, that can be super powerful. And part of the reason that I love ceramics is because with photography, like, One, I'm not really working with my hands and I love to work with my hands. And two, I feel like being able to step away from the computer and from all this technology and just like I'm sitting there and I'm forced to be present because if I am thinking about something else, then my piece on the wheel is just going to get all messed up. Yeah, totally. 
And so it's kind of an interesting connection that I found between photography and ceramics, where with photography, I want to show up present and I want to see my clients' days the way that they want them to be. And I don't want to influence that in a way that like they weren't wanting or just influencing it in a way that feels inauthentic versus with ceramics yeah I'm forced to show up and be present and like being able to channel some of that mindfulness present energy into my photo work has been kind of an interesting connection Ooh, that is so interesting and it also makes me think back to how I'm always telling people like I don't want you to be overworked because then you're going to show up to an elopement or a wedding or whatever and your mind is going to be racing with your to-do list and that you have this giant editing log at home and that you're exhausted because it's like the third wedding of the weekend or something and you're dehydrated and you're not present, you know, and you're going through the motions and you can't be creative because you have no energy and like this all kind of wraps into that too where like yeah, if you want to show up and be the best for your clients and have that creative energy, you have to be present and you can't be overworked (laughs) and exhausted and stuff. Like you have to be able to channel that and flip into that mode, you know, which I think is super powerful and overworking yourself or just not being in touch with yourself could really, I could see how that can just completely stifle any creative energy you have. Cause you do need, like your brain needs to be able to wander to be able to be creative. Yeah. I love that so much because Yeah, if you can't take care of yourself and you're overworked and you don't have time to be in touch with who you are, what you care about, like how can you show up to a wedding and like expect to create your best work? Mm -hmm. That's going to be really, really hard for you. And if you're taking care of yourself, you know, I personally think that when I am a more healthy version of myself, I'm more creative. Which if you're familiar with the Enneagram at all, I'm a two. And a two, when they're healthy, integrates towards a four, which is, you know, a creative, like introspective type of personality. And so I can literally see that in myself when I am showing up for myself and I'm like in tune with myself, then I'm a more creative person. Yeah. That reminds me of... So Todd and I just got back from Patagonia and we were eating breakfast at this like communal table and this couple next to us started a conversation with us and they had just quit their corporate jobs because they were burnt out. They were probably like 30 or something, but they were burnt out, just quit their corporate jobs to travel for a year. And they were one month into their experience. So they're in South America hiking around and stuff. And we were talking about how burnout and working a job and how nice it is to be able to quit your job. And we told them our story about quitting our careers and stuff. And the guy was like, I can feel myself like a month out of quitting my job. I can feel myself being more creative. And he said, I'm starting to dream again. I'm starting to like think again. And that was like, Todd and I both were like, whoa, that's powerful because when you're in the thick of working, these W-2 jobs that I freaking hate so much for everybody who's working them. You don't have any thoughts. You're in survival mode. You're like putting in the work at your job. You're coming home. You're exhausted. You're getting chores done. And like, that's it. Your mind's not wandering to all these beautiful places. You know, you're not taking care of yourself. You're not mindful of yourself. You don't have time to be bored. And I think that that's 
really sad for a lot of people because creativity and kind of like these like little downloads of thoughts that you can get, they're so awesome, you know? And I think we need that in our life to be happy and healthy, don't you? Like we need creativity. 100%. And I'm curious too, like if they came from having a job that was more sciencey or like math related or something that, that was not a creative job, it's interesting because when you look at kids, like they are some of the most creative people. And I think part of that is they haven't been around long enough for the world to be like, hey, you're this or you're not this. When you have people telling you who you are, whether or not that's who you want to be or whether or not you think you're internalizing that, you absolutely are, especially as a kid. And, you know, when I was a kid, everybody was like, oh, she's so shy. She's so quiet. I just believed that I was this quiet, shy girl who like didn't really have that much to offer. And I I think I'm still like kind of coming out of that and yeah. like believing that I am somebody that has a lot to offer the world. And sometimes I can be reserved, but I'm also like very energetic and like outgoing. And I love talking to people and I love getting to know people. And I think that like all of those words that were spoken over me just did not encompass who I was. But because I heard it so often, it just was like internalized. Yeah. I mean, I had the same kind of experience. You know, I was always good at math and science, but I always also drew and painted and I loved art so much. And that kind of just was pushed aside so that I could pursue veterinary medicine because I also loved animals. And then my whole existence was just about being a doctor. And then now it's like, I get to do so many creative things now, even just like doing the fake flowers I did for my wedding reception party, which you were at was so fun for me. (laughs) Just like (laughs) being, yeah, just being in my garage, like putting little flowers together and being like, Ooh, I like this color combination. And like, Oh, I don't really like that one. I mean, it was just like, really like, healed my soul. I just feel like it's so important for all of us to do that kind of stuff. So we were talking a little bit earlier, how can you prioritize creativity in your life and use that to like, keep you inspired for your life, essentially? That's a really good question. And I think that this is super individual, because everybody's creative practice looks different. But for me, I like to get inspired in a lot of different ways. So obviously showing up and being present, like I was saying, having deep conversations with my friends and like getting to know people and being able to have time to invest into like something like ceramics or I've been playing around with web design because that's kind of fun for me. And Just having space to be multi-passionate, I think, really helps me stay inspired because I get overwhelmed or I get bored of doing the same thing all the time. And so being able to find inspiration in things outside of my job, outside of photography, when it comes to like ceramics or reading books, I'm a big reader. And I think like a lot of that has really added to my creativity because I'm able to read these stories and just like appreciate them and get inspired by like the things that are happening in the books. So I really try to find inspiration in a lot of different places. I also like looking through 
books about art or like interior design or design in general or like I have these what do you call them like vintage national park books and I I, they're so cool to look through because there's all of these photographs of the national parks from like the 70s and they're just like so simple and beautiful and the colors because it's all vintage it's like just the prettiest colors and that is so inspiring I love that and I think this could be helpful for a lot of people because I notice a lot of photographers especially because that's primarily who I follow on Instagram they follow a lot of trends when it comes to photography and art and stuff like that so for one I think looking outside of our industry for inspiration is so helpful, like a vintage national park book, like who would have thought, right? But like even going to museums and stuff, I get so inspired just by looking at paintings. I feel like that's my main inspiration. I really try to just put my blinders on and not pay attention to like what other people are doing, which I think is important because yeah, I feel like if you aren't kind of nurturing your own creativity and looking inside of yourself for that inspiration too, like you might just jump on trends and start photographing like other people or start doing your art or whatever, like other people, instead of kind of carving your own lane and doing things yourself. What advice would you give to photographers who are kind of doing that (laughs) or anybody really who is like, I want to do this thing. So I'm going to do it like somebody else because they found success. I want to find success, but really you need to be unique and you are unique just by default, but you have to nurture that. So what advice would you give? I love that so much. And I think that's so true. You're not going to stand out by copying what somebody else is doing, even if they're, you know, maybe the only ones doing it. One of the things I make my students do (laughs) in our lesson about creativity, I'll go through and literally pull paintings or like photographs from street photographers like Vivian Meyer, which if you're not familiar with her work, look it up. It is beautiful and amazing. And she has a really interesting story too. But I'll get a couple of these pieces of artwork and I'll put them in a slideshow and I'm like, hey, what do you see in this? And you know, art is so subjective that what somebody sees in it might be completely different than what somebody else sees in it. And I think that's so cool because you're kind of putting your own experience, your own take on it just from like who you are. So yeah, I'll make them go through and like, tell me what they see, what it means, like why, you know, it makes them feel a certain way or something like that. And so if you're trying to find your own inspiration or your own creativity or like get excited about something that makes you happy or interested or just feel something in general, this is a really good way to do it. With fine art, the way that you kind of approach it typically, and this is a lot of what my college program was like, Mm -hmm. we basically had to start with a concept. So they were really big on concept. So you had to approach it with an idea. And then from there, you had to basically plan out what you were going to do and why it worked with that concept. And then we had critiques where people would say, okay, I see this. I don't see this. I you know, really like this about it. I really hate this. But being able to 
basically look at a piece of art and say, okay, I see this in this artwork, or I really appreciate this about this artwork, or like the brush strokes in this, like show the movement so well. Being able to see what you see in that work can be a really powerful way to kind of approach your own work and say, okay, if I really like this about this historic painting, how can I take that and like apply it to my work in wedding photography? Yeah, that's so interesting. I feel like looking outside the industry is so key to really discovering out what you like in art and how to incorporate that into a different medium. That's super cool. So what advice would you give the listeners out there who are stuck in a job and they don't really have extra time and they don't really know what inspires them or how to be creative or anything like that? What advice would you give them? I would say in the spare time that you have, give yourself time to play. I think there are so many different ways you can kind of go about this and it really depends on what you like or what you're interested in. But if there's something that you're like, man, I've always wanted to try that and I've never tried it, maybe now's the time to do that. And it doesn't have to be something that's super time consuming. Like maybe it's one hour a week or something, but just giving yourself time to play and like you don't have to have anyone's expectations with whatever that is for you. Maybe that's ceramics. So say you go to a pottery class, nobody else is going to know that you're doing that. And like you can just give yourself the freedom to mess around, try something new, see what you think of it. Like maybe you'll hate it. Maybe you'll love it. But just letting yourself try something different and like stepping outside of your comfort zone can be so powerful for like getting inspired and channeling your inner creativity. Yeah. Do something uncomfortable. I think that's such good advice. Like if the idea of going to a pottery class or one of those like painting and just sipping wine classes or something makes you feel weird, you should do it. You should always do the things that make you feel uncomfortable. Also, I feel like if I had to give advice, I would be like, look back to your childhood and like, what were the things that you really loved as a kid? I've been looking back to like my childhood and kind of thinking like, what were the things that I used to love doing back as a kid that I don't do anymore? And like, one of those things was horses. So I've been doing I've like, every time I travel, I'm incorporating horseback riding. <laughs> and I love it so much. And I'm trying to think of other things I loved as a kid. I mean, it's really just like sketching and drawing and stuff like that. But I think it's cool to kind of go back to childhood and like, what were the things that you love doing that you don't do anymore, and kind of maybe channel and nurture some of that stuff. So what advice would you give to people who are already in an artistic space, you know, and they do have time, how could they get even further into their creativity? I kind of want to piggyback off of what you said and like, let yourself be uncomfortable, whether that's something you did as a kid or something you've never done. Give yourself time to do that. Try something new. See if there's anything that like, maybe you had no idea that it would inspire you, but it really does. And if you're already like aware of, okay, I go outside and I watch the sunset and it makes me feel super inspired and I have so many ideas, do that more often. Give yourself more time for those things. And also like release the pressure that like you have to show up in a certain way or you have to create a specific type of work 
or you have to do a specific thing. Like, I really think that it's easy, especially as photographers, you you know, we get on Instagram and we see like five bajillion photos every single day. And they're all so beautiful. And you look at them and you're like, wow, this person is a way better photographer than me. And this person is way better. And like, this photo is so cool. And that's not necessarily true. Maybe they've found their style and like their things that they care about. And if you find yourself kind of caught in that comparison trap, then give yourself time to explore what makes you excited about the world and about photography and about your clients and channel more of that. Yeah. And play and get uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and be okay with things not being perfect right off the bat because nothing is and perfection isn't real. You know, so yeah, I think I think we have to like, let go a lot of our kind of uptightness or like, what people are going to think of you or like, oh, this isn't what a 40 year old does, you know, like, you don't start ceramics at 40 or something like maybe I will. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, you got to play you got to be okay with being uncomfortable. You have to think back to your childhood on what really you loved. You have to be okay with kind of sucking at things at first or trying things out and being like, I really didn't like that. Because you don't know ahead of time if something is going to really resonate with you or not. Like you just don't know until you try it. So yeah, that's all great advice. I feel like letting go of the expectations that either you have for yourself or other people have for yourself is so important. One of the things that I was talking about the other day, when I first started ceramics, I kind of had like a natural gift at it. And so I would show up and like I learned pretty quickly. But there were days that I would try and throw and I could not throw anything. And those were the days that I was like, okay, I just have to step away from this because it's not working. It's making me frustrated. I'm like annoyed. (laughs) Yeah. And I just need to do something else, whether that was trimming or like sketching ideas for other stuff I wanted to make, but doing something different on those days where it felt really hard or it just wasn't working out. That was great. And over time, you know, like I still have those days where I show up and I'm like, I cannot throw anything today. These look terrible. I like I can't center. It's not staying the way that I want it to. I can't get it as big as I want to or whatever that might be. And over time, my skills have only improved, even with having days that I show up and it's just not working out. And I think that that's so true of everything. Like maybe someday we're going to show up and our photos are not what we wanted them to be. But like, give yourself grace in that moment, because over time, your skills are just going to get better and better. Your creativity is just going to get better and better. And being able to let go of the pressure that like you have to do better than you did last time. That is just like kind of unrealistic. You know what I mean? Oh, totally. And I think too, creativity, it's just like anything. I feel like it's a practice that you have to actively engage in and it doesn't necessarily just happen. And yeah, you have to kind of like nurture it over time. And so with photography, if you're still learning how to communicate with couples and how to 
adjust the settings on your camera and how to shoot in certain lighting scenarios, then yeah, you're probably not going to be super creative because you are so focused on so many other things. But once you get those things down, then you can kind of be like, okay, now I'm going to like nurture this creative side of me and do things kind of outside of my comfort zone to see if I like it or not, you know, and maybe those photos are going to be crappy and you're going to not like it. Maybe they're going to be awesome, but you don't know till you try. So it's a practice that you have to kind of put in the reps for. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I always say that creativity is a muscle, whereas like photography or drawing or ceramics, like those are skills. Mm -hmm. Those can be learned. Creativity, it's not learned, but it is something that you just work and it grows. You go to the gym to keep up your strength and your fitness. And the same thing is true with creativity. The more creative things you do, the more you let yourself have space to just be mindful and be present, the more that's going to grow. Yeah. And I think that's why when we talk about creativity, it's such like a nuanced concept. It's not like this concrete thing where it's like, first you learn this and then you do this, like photography and ceramics and stuff like that. The skills have like a recipe to them, essentially. Whereas this creativity thing, it's like explore, work on it, nurture it. You know, it's like all of these kind of like fluffy words, but that's because it's so unique to each individual and the journey is so different and the end product is going to be so different. And yeah, if you don't use it, you lose it. You have to kind of like keep maintaining it over time. And that also circles back to like, if you're in a good spot, like I say on this podcast all the time, like the purpose of our life is maybe to become the best versions of ourselves. And that's also an an alignment to like the creative version of ourselves does feed off of us taking care of ourselves. Like it's all just a big loop. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. A hundred percent. It's all, it's, it's all experimentation. You're just messing around and you're going to see what happens and it's going to be great or it might suck and that's okay. Yeah. And I think so many people, they are so afraid of sucking at things that they don't even do them. So I want to encourage everybody out there listening to do something that they're afraid they're going to suck at, or that makes them uncomfortable, or is something they want to do, but maybe they haven't because of other people's expectations or thoughts about it. And like, go out there and have some fun. Yes. <laughs> have some fun and work on those advice. creative, yeah, creative muscles, you know, and see what happens. Cause like you just don't know what you'll blossom into until you work on it. So cool. Do you have any last thoughts that you want to mention about creativity? Yeah. If I had to say anything, just to like close this out, give yourself space to be, let yourself experiment, let go of the expectations that you or others have for you and just channel that like kid energy of like, you don't care. You're not letting anyone else's opinions or perceptions mess with the ideas or the things that you get excited about. I love that. I just want everyone to go out and have fun and play. Cool. Well, this was so much fun. I'm so glad we had this talk because I'm feeling inspired to do some cool stuff now and flex my creative muscles. (laughs) And I kind of want to take up ceramics now. Yeah. Where can people find you on Instagram and stuff? What's your Instagram handle? Yeah. Okay. I'm on Instagram as at Megan E. Lawler. Megan is spelled weird. So look in the title of the podcast episode. (laughs) And then 
same with my website, meganelawler.com, TikTok, same handle, basically everywhere. It's just meganelawler. So nice. Perfect. Yeah, definitely go follow her on Instagram, TikTok, all the places to see her lovely photography. And every once in a while, you'll see her with her cute little DIY home projects and ceramics on her stories. (laughs) But yeah, I'm so happy you were here. And I'm so glad that we got to catch up. And thanks for coming on the podcast. Yeah, this was so fun. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for joining us on this episode of Stoked with Megan McPhail. If you enjoyed the show and you'd like to help support the podcast, please subscribe, leave a review, and tell a friend. If you're looking for more inspiring content, check us out on Instagram at Stoked with Megan McPhail. And to learn more about my business coaching and how I can personally help you quit your nine to five, visit my website at meganmcphail.com. I hope this leaves you feeling stoked. See you next week.